No, this isn't us. This is Music Biz 101. And more. And more. I thought we were going to do our NPR all, all show this week. This is the all NPR, all national public, all brave new public national radio. Yes. 88.7 on the FM Did you dial. Did that weather today? Wasn't that something? It was very nice. It was very Windy. pleasant. Yes, it was a yes. very strong, gusty breeze. Very, very But the rainy. sun was shining. It was kissing your face, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And I heard in uh, Minnesota, actually, they had a little snow. Mm. Probably just a few, a few sprinkles of it. You know, every snowflake is different. I didn't know that. Like fingerprints and dog poop. Ooh. Everyone is different. Wow. It's true. That, that's a scientific fact. So, but, Ashley, how long do you think we could do this? Ashley, we're talking Our about... Our NPR Ashley taste. Veltner, who's German. 101 and English. more. Brave New Radio. Music yes. is 101 and more. Ashley, speak English for a moment. <laughs> Ashley, who is who's so strong, yet when it comes to being on the radio, she's she's weak. Right. She's a child. Gosh. We we have Taylor Turner with us tonight. Taylor, wow. Taylor is a popular music studies student here at yes. the University of William Patterson. Got a very good report. Yeah. Hi, hi Taylor. About Taylor. Uh, Taylor, you're interning. You I from hear Geneva. You, good things from Geneva Gambling. Rambo yes, Gambling. Right today. <laughs> where, where are you interning? What are you doing? Electric Music Group. I'm an international marketing intern. Oh, <laughs> it seems like you're doing a really good job there. Yeah, yes, I think so. I, yeah, they're saying good things about you. Heard, they're doing new things. Yeah, over at Electra Records. Electra Records and everybody at the Warner Music Group. We're doing great things here at Brave yes. Radio. We didn't win any awards this year. We no, tried. We won in a Marconi last year, but really that was last year. What about 2019? Yeah. Nothing going on. But you, we did win the billboard for the program. Yeah. Ashley wants to go on about radio for a moment. Go on, Ashley. Actually, we did win best press release. You just missed it. Really? I missed wow. that press release. That's hot off the presses that they won best press release. Was it about the new piping underneath the sidewalk mm -hmm. going to parking lot six? Yes. Refused. That's what the press release was about. Yeah, we're using concrete now at the University of William Patterson. It yeah. used to be everything used to be made of nerf, but now it's concrete. No more macadam for us. No. And we're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. We have a guest who's going to come on in a moment. But before we get to that, we should remind everybody to go to musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for the newsletter. And you can also yes. sign up for us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook, at Music Biz 101WP. You know, this is also a podcast. We can listen to this over and over. It's going to be on iTunes and SoundCloud mm -hmm. and the Spotify. Yes. And your How doctor, many do we have well, now? We have more than 200 episodes. Wow. This one will stand out. <laughs> it will. And uh, by the way, this is Dr. Esteban Marconi on your right, my left, speaking to you. That's not me, by the way. When I say this is, no. I'm pointing to him. 
my co-host, though, you are listening to Professor David Kirkfield. That is I. On my left. You're right. You're right. And you are right. We should give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Dave Matthews, Three Doors Down, St. Vincent and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your business bands. Sorry, for your bands, business right. management. That'd be VB. <sighs> Hyphen, cpa.com, but you go when you're ready. Don't go when, when they tell you to go. You're the customer. You're in charge. Customer mm-hmm. always is right. Always. Yes. Like our listeners. If a listener called up and said, start screaming, he'd be right and we'd do it. I Unless it was a she. There is a, um, you know, I think you said it correctly, that they do handle Dave Matthews business, but not Dave Matthews band. No. Just That's Dave. another band. That's another uh, group. That handles the band's right. business. He also used to do John Mayer's taxes, right. but he didn't do John Mayer's business management. Correct. Yes. So there's a lesson for all of us right now when it comes to business management. It certainly is. It's very splintered. <laughs> you should go to VB CPA.com when you're ready. We should also give thanks to Christine Oi. Vey, a wealth manager and the president of. Oi. They, <clears throat> wealth management. Christine has helped many professionals at William Patterson, the university, manage their investments to plan out for their retirement. If somebody like you is looking for guidance on how to plan out for your retirement, if you have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance and retirement planning, give Christine a call at, hey, Taylor, could you please repeat after me? 732. 732. 4, 000, no, 455. 455. 1,510. 1,510. You can also email her, Christine at veywealth.com for advisement. We'll leave the last oi off for saving. <laughs> this is the fifth year of our show. This is episode 200, uh, we don't know. Nobody and, can fire us. That's why we're still on. Yeah. I realized that driving over here. Unless we curse or use those words on the wall there, yeah. no one can fire us. That's, you know, no. five years, ten years. Gosh. Uh, Jamie Kanelski could fire us by hanging up the phone if we wait much longer. Right. But, uh, Jamie, are you on, <laughs> Jamie, are you on the air? Hello, Jamie. What's that sound, What's that sound coming out of your mouth, Jamie? Oh, hello. Hello. Jamie Kanelski! Yes! What a one of I have been sitting... Yes! I have been sitting here laughing for the last 10 minutes listening to you guys yanta it up. It's great. We Love tried it. our NPR pace yes. tonight. Yeah. We've done it before, but not this long. This is the longest we've ever done it. it so good. how I'm are awesome. you? I'm great. How God. are you guys? Super we are good. fine. You're speaking from Los Angeles, which is great. Oh, yeah. And Sun is shining. There's pollution were, in the air. Great. <laughs> you were a music management student, and you came to my office one day towards the end of your career, your, your academic career. <laughs> Which I, understand, which I understand is still ongoing, but anyway, <laughs> you came and you said, um, I'm thinking of moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> and I said two words, do it. Yeah. I remember that. So let's, yeah. let's start there. What happened after that? Well, um, I, I was actually, so when I was, still an assist, when I was still a student, I was interning. My last internship was at Jive because Joe Riccatelli, an amazing alum, also of William Patterson, is nice enough to help, or was at the time, when he was at, when it was still, before he was at RCA. Right. It was 
Zamba Jive. He was just the head of promo then. As a promo intern, that was the last internship when I was in school. And then I got put in the temp pool at Sony, and I got um, hired as Harvey Leeds' like temporary assistant, ah. the head of artist development for okay. Sony at the time. That was like his last job at Sony. At Epic, yeah. Oh yeah, he was like head of promo for Epic for a long time, and he's the best. And his brother Steve Leeds was a professor of mine at William Patterson. Um, still is, am I correct? Yep. Still there? Yeah. So worked for Harvey. Harvey got me helped me get a job at Epic. Was a radio promo assistant there in New York. Worked for Jacqueline Saturn there. Jacqueline was Harvey's old assistant, and she's now. This was, again, over 10 years ago. She was the head of promo at Epic Records, and then I was her assistant doing promo, and I was like, this is cool, but, like, this isn't really what I want to do, what I see myself doing. And I um, ended up meeting Jay Brown, who was managing Brandy Norwood at the time, um, and he had just started a company called Rock Nation, and I kind of sparked up a friendship with his current assistant, and... Well, his assistant at the time, this girl, Fab, and she asked me if I knew anyone in California because she was moving back to New York um, to, like, start producer, songwriter management within the company. And I said, well, I don't know anybody in California, but I will do it because I want to get the heck out of here. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how that started. And I moved to California when I was 24, and now I'm not 24 anymore, and mm -hmm. I've been here for <laughs> over 10 years, and Yeah. So I worked at Rock Nation for, from, and you guys can interrupt me and ask me whatever you want to ask me, right. whatever you want to ask it to me. But um, I, so I was, went from working at Columbia to Epic to uh, Records to Rock Nation in 2009. That's mm -hmm. when I moved out here. What did you, you do at Rock Nation? I was Jay Brown's assistant. Um, so Jay's the president of the company and is partners with Jay-Z and all the other guys that are partner partners in the company. And uh, I was his assistant and did everything that was asked of me. And I kind of morphed into like doing day-to-day -day producer, writer, artist management just because the company was growing at a really rapid rate and there just wasn't enough bodies to do all the work. So just kind of, I was a, just by being there at that time, I got to work and do a bunch, work on and get to do a bunch of different things that I had no clue. I didn't know how A&R worked, and I was, like, in the studio with, like, Stargate and James Fauntleroy because <laughs> they were A&Ring a Rihanna record. And then I was negotiating a producer deck because there was a producer we were managing, and no, I just had to do it because there was no one else to do it. And mm -hmm. I was getting visas for a tour for Brandy in Japan because there was no one else to do that. So it was just literally just like, oh, you're here, do this, figure it out. So that's kind of, that was the first job where it was really like cut your teeth and learn how to do everything and just never say the word no to your boss. So, mm -hmm. and it was awesome because I, that's, everyone needs one job like that. I think when they're in their twenties to you just work your tail off and you yes to everything and show up and get it done. So, but that was the first job where I kind of saw what songwriters and producers did and how records were made. And that was what I fell in love with. It was like, yes, these are the people I want to work with. The people that are making the music, this is it for me. Mm -hmm. So, and then 
I quit that job with absolutely no plan <laughs> and ended up getting hired at ASCAP. I met a woman named Sue Drew uh, who was head of, like, pop rock membership for ASCAP at the time. But she was an A&R person for many years um, at varying record labels in the 80s and 90s. Um, she signed Fish, and she's incredible and just a great creative. So she kind of helped me get my foot in the door there. And then I took a total 180 in terms of like, I worked for this like super young, sexy company that was on the cutting edge of everything that had a lot of like mystery around it. I went from that to working literally at the oldest company in music, like mm -hmm. ASCAP's over a hundred right. years old. And um, so getting to learn about how songwriters make money and how, what these organ, what the PROs do uh, for, for, you know, that, for, the, for people that are writers and produce, producers and, you know, learning how that world works in terms of, like, international performance royalty collection, so, mm -hmm. which is really important, you know, and I feel like when you read it in a book, like when I was in college reading Don Passman's book, you know, that mm -hmm. I think I had to read for something that you taught Dr. Marconi. Oh. Um, but <laughs> you learn so much reading that stuff out of a book, but then you're actually kind of, like, working in that space and living it. It's such a unique little world it's a natural kind of parlay into publishing after that. So. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, um, did you know anybody when you went out West? No, I didn't know. I, I had one friend who was like, yeah, Jeremy Masiak, who was an A&R at, we were actually assistants together at Sony. And then he got a job A&Ring for Vagrant Records. And he mm -hmm. had moved out here. He was literally the only person I knew. I had a cousin that lived in San Francisco, but <laughs> He was like, this is, a, this is great, yes, do it, this is awesome, it's the best. And I literally got here, and he was like, it's cool, I'm moving back to New York. I hate L.A., it sucks, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're my only friend. But, you know, I just made life my, I made my job, like, my life. And then yeah. the, the circle of people kind of came. I ended up meeting my husband the first year I was here. Right. Also from New Jersey, like myself, proud mm. Jersey proud New Jersey native and you know you find your people but literally there was just so much there's so much opportunity out here and there continues to be in my opinion um New York's the best I wish I could move back to New York and do my job that I have now but it's um there's just so much happening here so right so now how did you bump into Cobalt um I have well so Sue who was my boss at ASCAP she left to become the uh, GM, like, of North American Creative. So she kind of oversees the whole North American Creative team. So she helped get me kind of get my foot in the door here and introduced me to Sass Metcalf, who is the head of global creative for Cobalt. And after about, I think, eight job interviews mm -hmm. over, like, a six-month period, I got hired. Cobalt's very into, like, the you have to fit into the culture on, like, a – across the company, no matter who you are. It's really, it's just kind of a Swedish approach. The CEO, Willard Odritz, is um, is very into people. You have to kind of fit into the ethos mm -hmm. of the company. And he wants everyone to be on board with everyone. That's just how it is here. It's about people, really. Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. so, and you got the title of, for your first job at Cobalt? Oh, yeah. So I was um, hired. I was a creative director when I was hired, and then I was bumped up a couple of years to senior, and now I'm a VP. 
And uh, creative. What, what did creative director do? Well, every every job in publishing is kind and A and R. Everyone does the same thing, no matter if you're like a creative assistant or if you're, you know, executive vice president of whatever. The job is really servicing songwriters creatively. So, um, you know, setting up sessions, pitching records, signing stuff, scouting stuff, all those things. Um, and it's just working with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways, um, mm -hmm. you know. But So you help really, them collaborate and you help them yeah, yeah. find... It's, I mean, lyricists. We, yeah, we do this. Yeah, we do the same thing that A and R's do at every other publishing company. Is just uh, the difference with us is that we don't own the copyright. It's you know mm -hmm. we're we're an administration company. We proudly, you know, provide a service of create like creative service on our end. There's like 50 A and R's internationally. Um, I'm on a very large team, but um, yeah. It's, you know, if this person, if, you know, I work with this band and they need a producer, I, I connect the dots. I have a song that I need to get reproduced. I find someone to do it. This person is a lyricist and I want this artist that this signed to this major label, like needs lyric help, we'll connect those dots. It's really just kind of getting in where you fit in and helping create opportunities for people that are signed to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then obviously looking ahead, looking at new talent. So, yeah. Right. Now, Cobalt has exploded yeah, over the last um, X amount of years, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really. I mean, even in the I've been here, it'll be five years in May, and in the five years that I've been here, it's completely. It's it's really really grown. I mean, just speaking from the LA office, I think there was like twenty people when I started, and now I think there's over like eighty five or ninety now. It's mm -hmm. crazy, but we're Cobalt has three branches. Um, I'm on the publishing arm, obviously, um, which is was the first and is has been around for the longest amount of time. Um, but we also do neighboring rights, and we also do uh, label services. So we have a distribution, digital distribution company that we own called AWOL. That stands mm -hmm. for Artists Without a Label. Um, and there's some creative crossover between uh, publishing and AWOL, but, yeah, I'm definitely, like, I'm on the pub side. That's the, Those are the deals I'm doing. Those are the people I work with every day. And it's just, it's, it's definitely the most forward-thinking, progressive, future you know, leaning company in music that I've personally worked for. Um, I remember, I think I was like, I went to, I started at Wally P in 2007, and I, I have such a clear memory, Dr. Marconi, of you of saying this to our class. Like, you guys picked a terrible time to, <laughs> to start to work <laughs> in the music industry because it was literally when everything was falling apart. Yeah, like, it right. was like the major seven and the major five down to like the major three, you know, record right. group. And, you know, there was massive layoffs happening everywhere, lots of consolidation, just like it hadn't been figured out yet. And now in 2019, it's a very different landscape. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's so I work at a place that is just like it's built for the times that we're in now, you mm -hmm. know, just like incredible royalty collection in real time. So to get to be creative in that space. It's a total privilege. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky to get to work here. So as an administrating, administration company, you take basically a percentage to do the administrative work. Yeah. Uh, and they can still then be with a, a, their own publishing company or a big publishing company and just have you do those administration rights. Well, we're, the, the, yeah, I mean, we're, people are signing to deals like they're doing at any other company mm -hmm. and 
we're taking a percentage for for admin adminning their um, catalogs. Right. And it's an exclusive deal. You know, it's like any other publishing deal. Right. But it's but what I always preach in in classes too, and it's for most uh, successful songwriters who have their own publishing company. Uh, the, the great advantage of an admin is that it's not a co-publishing where you lose your copyright. Yeah, where all of our clients retain ownership of their copyright. Right, right. Um, which is, you know, we believe that people, you know, empowering people through data, through knowing what's happening in real time with their their works, you know, mm -hmm. um, and in ownership, obviously. Um mm -hmm. Right. I think we've seen a lot more of that over the last decade, I think, on both the master and the publishing side. You know, it's a trend, but I think just the gray area has been taken out, I think, of the record and publishing business. Like, I think there used to be a lot more mystery around how do you do this and, and, and hold on to ownership and do the things you want to do as a, as a creator, as an artist, as a writer. And I think it's... This company and other companies have 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 helped make make it a lot less complicated. If right. that makes sense. Yeah. Do you do you go out and do you, uh, personally do you go out and look for songwriters or do they come to your doorstep now? Um, it's 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 kind of uh, twofold. A lot of it is about relationships, um, which I think is all this is. This whole business is built on relationships. I think you can always find people that are. <laughs> like my, who like my uh, gay friend of mine says, there's always someone younger, prettier, wittier, and tittier. Like there's always someone that's probably uh -huh. going to be better than yeah, you. But right. if someone likes you more, you're you're the one, you're the one that's going to get the phone call. So right. a lot of it is through you know friends, lawyers, managers, you know people that other clients that that put us on that, that put me onto stuff all the time. So um, if I love a song, uh, you know, if I love a project, I'll, I'm definitely like, I'll be the aggressor. I'll go chase something. But a lot of things are just kind of coming in reactively as well, mm -hmm. um, just from different people that we know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who are you working with now that you're excited about? Um. I'm really excited about um, this girl, Kelly Uchis. She's working on her next record. She's signed to Interscope here in the U.S. She's signed XUS to Virgin uh, out of the U.K. Um, really incredible artist, songwriter, just lady that does amazing, all the, all the different things. She's great. And this crew, 88 Rising, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're like a mm -hmm. label management collective. We do the pub, so get to work with them in a bunch of different ways very fun um i have this artist anderson east who's working on his third record um he is actually uh, the intern that you uh, your student that you mentioned who's interning at electra taylor yes. she's she's right here taylor say hi 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 taylor yeah so anderson has signed to dave cobb's imprint through electra low country sound uh. and yeah he's awesome he was nominated for a grammy last year Just building blocks um I met his A and R through a friend and uh, rec on the record side, and then we get to do that together. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I kind of like to keep it interesting. Work with working with a bunch of different genres. Work with a bunch of different people. Just that the music's good. That's what it's all about for me. Yeah, the music's good, and if you're a nice person, this band, the Lemon Twigs from Long Island, that I'm really excited about. They're working on their third record with 4AD right now. Their third full length. Um, 
it's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Taylor, she's going to actually ask you a question now that was tweeted in to us. Oh, God. Okay. You're not going to like it. It's very personal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Leo asks, when arranging writer, writer collaborations, let's say you're looking for someone new to work with an artist. What do you look for and where do you look for writers? If you use the internet at all, what websites slash platforms would you check to discover new writers? Um, it's not necessarily, like for new writers, it's, tu- it's tough because it's really just kind of like who's in my pool already. And if I need to like go out to find someone i'm usually just like asking people i know like yo who are you excited about what's happening um there aren't really i don't go on like soundcloud to look for songwriters and i mean soundcloud used to be a great kind of discovery platform for artists but um yeah there aren't really platforms we i go on to look for that kind of stuff was there a first part to that question that i missed yeah, we're we're giving it back to Taylor. We had stolen okay. the tweet from her. She's got it back. Uh, what do you look for in writers? Oh, a, a unique perspective for sure. You know, for me, like I love, I'm I'm a I love melody, but for me, it's like the lyric. Like, what is what are you saying, and how are you saying it? Mm-hmm. Is very important to me personally. Like, um, I don't know. I I it's definitely like. From a writer, it's really like, how much space are you giving the song? I feel like per, per, there's so much fluff in production, it's really easy to get caught up in trends that way as a publisher. Mm-hmm. But so for me, I always try to take it back to the lyric. I'm like, okay, what is this person saying? How are they saying it? Who are, how am I hearing it? Who is hearing it? Like, I try, try to think of my, like the 15-year-old version of Jamie, you know. I'm an old washed-up hag now mm-hmm. with a kid. So it's like, take it back to my, my bedroom when I was in high school. You know, like, how am I hearing it? How, are, how would I be hearing this if I was 15 years old now? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, that's how I have to think of it. So mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Do you do any hip-hop? Um, yeah, the 88 Rising guys. Um, I work with this guy, Little Dicky, who's amazing. He's a rapper who's, um, working on his next record. Um, what other hip hop stuff am I working on? We have a bunch of different like producers and writers that we work with in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that you have a pool. So are you assigned <laughs> this whole, so here's a bunch of people and then you're finding some on your own. How, how does that work? Repeat that. I'm sorry. I'll repeat it once, and then if I have to repeat it again, we're just going to end the interview. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm joking, by the way. So, so, uh, um, okay. So, you had mentioned you had a pool, and I don't mean the swimming kind—a pool of writers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Is that all made up of writers that you have found, or are you assigned a bunch who just come in? Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. So, like, we kind of work collaboratively across the roster globally here. So, we have. I have people that I've signed, but we have people, I have people that my colleague Amanda has signed and my colleague Dom has signed. You know, we all really work together on everything here. So we have people that are signed direct to deals with us. We have publishing companies that we administer, like smaller publishers that we, um, they have writers that are, they sign like, that maybe a little earlier than things I would sign, like people that don't have any placements or cuts or people that, like are coming straight out of a college in Sweden that like want a, a sub, you know, a company that we admin based in Sweden is hearing about like way before there's any way I would have ever heard about it, you know? 
they're doing a little more development, then they're signing them early to a co-pub deal, and then Cobalt will administer it. You know what I mean? There's there's mm-hmm. different. There's so many different ways. There's management companies that we have publishing companies with that like are signing things. There's so many different types of people that we work with at varying levels of success. People that are in their infancy, people that are at the like the, the top of the charts. You know, um, so that's. When I say pools, it's really kind of like, okay, this project is coming to me. This is what it needs. I need to then go out and find it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're mentioning some good stuff because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, everybody thought, well, you try to get a record deal, then you try to get a publishing deal. So you got to go to the labels, and then you got to go to the publishing companies that are involved with the labels and so on. But today there are so many niches, and there are so many... Like you're giving the example of management companies that have labels and you're doing, you guys are doing admin deals through that and through their publishing arm. And it, it just wasn't like that. You know, maybe, maybe an Irving Azoff was like that 15 years ago, but it wasn't the norm. And it seems to be the norm today, especially in the uh, hip hop genre when there are, you know, I guess they're just guys that'll, that'll just, they'll say, that's what I want right away. I want to have total control. So I want to start a label and I want to start publishing company and, and we're involved with this management company and we'll, well book think, ourselves and so on. I mean, I think there's been uh, historically in certain genres, and I'm going to be very broad when I say this, there's mm-hmm. been uh, a history of corruption uh, with people like publishers kind of ripping people off for their mm-hmm. copyrights. So I think the trend is like we're doing this all ourselves. It's definitely something that is you know, we have a crew, we're the artists, we're the label, we're going to do the publishing, mm-hmm. like, we have people that we're going to sign to us to help with these records, like, that's definitely, like, these camps, the, like, the camp mentality is a theme that, like, mm-hmm. is, is, is pretty, pretty prevalent in a couple of different genres, but honestly, like, it's a fun time to get to work in music, because everything is everything right now, seemingly, um, and... Let's see. When you, when I think, you know, it's also like we don't need to go to a label to do that much. Like mm-hmm. we can do a lot of it ourselves. Like we can do the artist development. The labels honestly aren't doing anymore. Like the majors have, and I'm, I hope I'm not like screwing myself out of a job in 15 years by having this on a podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, you know, the artist development isn't happening anymore. It's like, okay, someone puts a song on a blog and boom, they get a record deal. And then boom, like a lawyer gets in the mix and then the publishing price goes up for their, you know, for their offer to do Mm -hmm. a deal for their pub. And it's like, whoa, 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 like this person has one song. So what are we doing here? Like they're not ready for these, for like to to be signed to all these deals. It's like there's a lot of things happening really fast right Mm -hmm. now because of all the money that's been put back into masters through the streaming services. This is my perspective as a publisher, right? So what the managers are doing is they're really kind of saying, okay, let's just like have our own label through a distribution company and we'll do the development ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do the A&R for a couple of years. Like we'll set sessions up with all the publishers that we know we'll do this. And then boom, when like we'll put, put the true development back into it, like we'll let artists find themselves and become who we think they're going to be, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like there's just like so much stuff that's like getting signed right now that yeah. I don't know if I would be signing it if, if, if I had the 
luxury, but it's you get it's easy to get caught up in like the, you know the feeding frenzy of like mm -hmm. oh, we got to do all this stuff. And I don't know. There's, there was an article in I think it came out Sunday or Saturday. The one about, in Vibe. The yeah, the one uh, in ten years. What will the music business yeah. look like? And uh, one of the things they said is the labels will be dead, but the artists will be signed to brands like Coca-Cola is going to get mm. into it and do all the stuff that the labels are doing now because they have their own distribution system, which you don't need anymore because there's no physical product. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was interesting that they, they, they you, Dave, you can chime in too. It was interesting that they um, picked those brands as moving out of spaces that they're doing very well in. I mean, obviously Coca-Cola and so on and moving here because they see the, the strength in the um, person who's the face of the brand and what that does to, you know, sales and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the connection to music between the brand. Right. But uh, let me put on a label hat for a second in, in terms of will labels be gone in 10 years? And they well, were saying that 10 years ago, you know, in yeah. uh, when I left Universal, it was 06, and there, everything was pretty much falling apart and i jumped right before the complete collapse of like everybody i was with and all that um and that was 13 years ago and now universal is stronger than ever and the, the making money again and uh -huh. they're doing very well and i think the labels still have a lot that they can provide to artists they still have a staff they still have experts um for every scooter brawn out there who can do everything there are Hundreds of managers who have some decent talent, but the managers don't have any idea what they're doing. And mm -hmm. they can't do the artist development that uh, Jamie was talking about. Um, and they're all coming from, from whatever part of the country where they're looking at YouTube videos and reading blogs and all that and trying to figure it out on the fly. But um, mm -hmm. I, I think the labels, because they have the staffing, they do have some money. They do have the connection to radio and uh, terrestrial radio still does matter. Um, it's not breaking artists as much as, as backing up the hits and making them stronger. Mm -hmm. But but um, ten years from because that article also said uh, Coca Cola like the music revenue for a Coca Cola would be a blip on yes, their radar. Right. So little compared to everything else. So it makes you wonder. Um, unless they can quantify that that association with Khalid, for example, is going to sell exponentially more coca-cola for them mm -hmm. i wonder if that would work or not jamie your turn um yeah i mean i i don't know the specific article you guys are referencing so i feel a little unprepared like talking about it but um yeah i mean branding and then i guess in the like the bigger conversation here is like licensing you know with um film and TV and mo movies and video games, all that stuff, like that stuff definitely matters, I think, to every artist in 2019. And everyone that comes into my office, like either a deal I'm pursuing or things that kind of come into my ethos, like sync matters to everyone. Um, and those things are like those opportunities really can like break new artists. The, the supervisors are kind of like just as important, I think, as A&R people in 2019, people that are placing music to picture, mm -hmm. I think, like, is, is, is huge right now because there's so much media being made. Like, there's so many TV shows and production and development and with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, mm -hmm. all creating original content, all the networks on TV, all the cable shows, like, all the movies that are being made, 
all these inspired by soundtracks that are coming out in addition to movie soundtracks, in addition to the score. It's like there's so much opportunity for like things to get put places for people to discover in that way. And it is, it's really important. And it definitely like helps, helps move the needle for, for new artists, for established artists, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm also, I'm, I've been out of the, of the major label game for, for, for a long time. I mean, the last time I worked at a major label was 2009. So I've, I've been on this side of it for not in publishing for 10 years. I've only been in, at Cobalt for five, but, um, it's so interesting to kind of watch it change from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a really great article. Did you guys see the one in Rolling Stone that Tim Ingram did like last week or a week and a half ago? Um, Tim Ingram, who writes a lot for like music business worldwide out of the UK. Yeah. It was like every kind of why every music company is turning into the same thing. It's like, it kind of t- piggybacks a little bit on the back of like what you guys were saying. It's right. Like, right. You know, d- just every everything is starting to kind of look really similar because like all the majors now it's like oh we'll do a universal it's like you don't have to sign to republic you can do a deal with caroline and it's like mm-hmm. you can still own your rights and you know sony mm-hmm. has red and warner has ada and mm-hmm. you know cobalt now has a cobalt has a wall which is totally different um because you have our tech you get our technology through it but um you know it's it's you, I think, as an artist and a writer, like you have more options than you've ever had. Like looking at the looking at the business side of it, because there's just so much more opportunity for you to do whatever you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, we had actually last night for our, our women in music seminar, we had uh, Deborah Rathwell, who is a senior vice president of AEG, the live end, actually. Yeah. And she was telling the class, she was very, very, um, she was very good and she was very kind to the students. And one of the things, I didn't even talk to Dave about this, but one of the things that she brought up that I did advising today and just happened that every student that came in said the same thing. Because she said, no really means not yet. Not So yeah. you don't take a no. You say, okay, no now because I'm not ready, but I take it as a not yet. And it was very interesting. But the, what I'm getting at is she talked about how the her office needs digital marketers. They need marketing people. They need people to do the um, venue. They need the accounting. They, and so that you could be in the live business and you may not even realize that you, that you wanted to do this because you wanted to do uh, marketing and so on. But there are so many more opportunities now than ever before. And it's... Exactly what you're saying, and exactly what I was bringing up a few minutes ago, how that there, any of you call them camps, but any of these guys all have these, this, this, you know, business and this business plan, all, uh, it's all over them. So, yeah, I mean, you can get, you can get to anybody in 2019. Like, it's that's the, mm-hmm. like, the veil has been lifted of, like, accessibility to anyone, to any executive, to any artist, to any songwriter, to any producer, to any lawyer. Like, whoever you want to know, you can find them. And it's not that hard. Like, you can get on the Internet and find their email address. Right. Hit them on Instagram. You can hit them on Twitter. You can find someone that knows them. You can you if you hustle, like you can literally get to anybody you you want to. Like, mm-hmm. and I have to. I still I still do it on my end. Like every day, like on the on the other side of things, if I find a see, sing a see a song I love or like 
see there's an unknown person tied to it, like, I'm going to blindly reach out and, like, mm-hmm. try to go for it, you know? But, like, so that's, I don't know, it's it's so fun right now because literally you can get to anybody pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's almost Dodge City, right. Mm-hmm. I But it's fun. It really feels, and especially with all the landscape changing so fast, it's like, okay, we're doing this today. You know, like, yeah. this, is, this is what's happening and awesome, you know, cool, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glad to be here. Another treat for you from Taylor. Okay. Ed C. asks, as the VP of Creative for Cobalt, what does your day-to-day look like? Um, my day-to-day, it, it varies. Um, we're all, um, so I get up, feed my kid, mm-hmm. I get, come to the office. I usually strut in um, between like 9, 930, 10, um, and... Uh, have various meetings throughout the day with clients, you know, people who want to play us new songs they've done, update us on things they're doing, um, meet with different, you know, managers, lawyers, label A&Rs, you know, because I'm sitting here, like, saying not so, like, nice things about labels. I don't want to seem anti-label. Like, we are partnered with all the labels, like, Mm -hmm. trying to create opportunities for our clients. So, like, we... A big part of my job is, like, you know, placing rec- trying to get records placed, trying to facilitate opportunities for, like, writers in that space as well. So really just, like, trying to convince people all day that my ideas are good, for lack of a better comparison. <laughs> it's like, you have to trust me. I know this person will be great with this person. I know this will turn into something magical. I know this person will do a great job singing this song. I know this person could do a great job, like, producing this track for you. Really, that is like it. It's a theme that is me and believe me and trust me and know that I will deliver for you creatively in some way down the line. Like, mm-hmm. that's my job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's another one for you. Cecil Alexander asks, how do you feel about the music business program WP uh, prepared you for your current position? Well... Uh, the biggest thing was honestly, I think, and uh, Dr. Marconi, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm giving you so much love, but like, <laughs> it really is all about relationships. And that was one of the first things I learned at William Patterson. It's like, it's all about relationship building and it's all about getting to know people and just having people like you is, is a big it's, part of it. It's a small kind of, business. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And you never know who you're going to meet on the way up the ladder or on the way down the ladder because you never know at one point the scales are going to tip for you and your career. So um, mm-hmm. it really, you know, I loved the survey classes I took where different people came in and, and I got to learn about different facets of the industry because I, I, I didn't really know until I was interning, like, who did what at labels and what different jobs were at the time. I interned at Motown, and then I interned at Jive. Those were, like, the two I had in college. And then, um, yeah, just, like, connecting with musicians and, you know, in the music department mm-hmm. and getting to know different people. Like, my roommate, Roxy, who is a jazz major, is, like, now a professor at Juilliard, and, like, she started a women in jazz organization, and it's just my friend Nicole is working for No ID, who's, like, a, you know, amazing producer and high-up guy at Universal, and everyone is kind of still doing it in different ways, and it's fun to, like, to get to stay in touch with people, but really it's, like, it's all about relationships, and that was something that I learned, I think, on my, in one of my first classes, and I've always carried with me, um, if and, that makes sense. And it's true that every 
guests we have come in say the same thing. That it's about yeah. relationships and it's about passion. And yeah, um, I mean, if you if you don't if you don't, it's about a love for music. I mean, for me, like that's kind of what how I felt when I first showed up for my first internship. I remember thinking like, oh, these are my people. You know, like mm -hmm. this is this is it. These are the people that like love. It is much love going to shows, love finding new stuff, love the discovery process, love just like jamming out, love talking about music. You know, this, these are the people, where have these people been all my life? You know, <laughs> because I thought you had to be a singer, or that was it. You know, that's all I knew about it until I had a teacher who kind of shifted me in high school, who like shifted me in the direction of like studying arts administration slash music management in college. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where all the doors opened up for me was in college. It's like, oh, my God, there's this huge industry out there. There's all these careers. There's all these different paths you can take and be involved in, the, and be involved in some, some small part of the process. Like, I'm so lucky. I literally have I – have, I sing. You know, I used to sing in college. But, like, I, have, I don't write songs. I don't do all I, my, like I said, I convince, try to convince people that my ideas are good. I'm super lucky to like get to do what mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. now today. I don't try not to take it for granted at all. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, your high school, in one of uh, my classes, we have a, a music and entertainment industries major. His name is Josh Hettenbach. I remember him. He went to, to Middle Township, right? Yes. And he said you came into his class a couple of years ago and you did one of those <laughs> career day things. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I, on Monday, I said you were you were going to be on the show, and he said I, I've met her once, <laughs> and you remember him. That's funny. Yeah. Well, because my my teacher um, Debbie, who was my high school teacher, she whenever I'm and I'm Craig grew up in Cape May, New Jersey, yeah. and whenever I'm going to be around, I tell her because she likes people to come in and talk about careers in music. Because again, mm -hmm. it's like I don't think people people don't know a lot about the industry side. No. For whatever reason, there just like isn't, I don't know, a lot, a lot of discussion or encouragement or you know, outside of you know, major. If you're not in entertainment, it's easy not to know a lot about it, basically. Mm -hmm. So, but I remember him saying that he was looking at Willie P, and I was like, Willie P's the best. Go there, you know. And he's leaving Keeper. us. He's leaving yeah. us after well, one year to one join. One year and out. He's a one and out guy. Yeah. He's going. Where's in, he going? Going into the Navy. He's going into the Navy. Oh, well. We've tried yeah. to talk him yeah. out of it. I keep telling him he's going into the Coast Guard, and he gets very upset. Yeah, right. Or <laughs> it's the Maritime the uh, Marines or something, yeah. right? Yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, it's I like have nothing but amazing, fond memories of my time at William Patterson and like the school itself, like getting to know so many different students that were there with me at the time, the teaching staff, like mm -hmm. the you know, all the different professors that were still working in music. Who was the guy who managed Steely Dan who taught me something? Doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. All right. You got uh, another tweet? Yeah, we have another tweet for you. Uh, Jackie Bobinski asks, what hurdles did you face when you were trying to break into the industry? Uh, um, I am very lucky to have incredibly, like, supportive parents who, who like would you know were very patient with me in terms of you know because I definitely have had gaps in my career I mm -hmm. did early on like when I first got out of school to when I got my first job or when I left school to take my first job and then like I've had little gaps where I've I've needed help financially so like my dad dad if you're listening I love you 
Um, I'll pay you back someday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just like I not really knowing what I wanted to do, I feel like early on was kind of a hurdle because I feel I feel like if I had known when I was 20 that I wanted to get an A&R, I would have had a little bit of a faster track to get to here. But I'm grateful that I've always kind of been open to the possibilities because it's gotten me where I am now in, in this very unique way. But, um, yeah, I mean, I had to work really hard. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do whatever you have to do, whatever's asked of you, whatever, whatever your bosses want you to do. And I think now we're in much more of a politically correct time in 2019 than we were probably like 14 years ago right. when I started right. working in music. Um, there was probably definitely, and I'm not saying this about my, my own bosses, but there definitely was, or people that I've worked for because I love each and every one of them so much and I'm still in touch with all of them. Um, it's been, uh, there's a lot more like abuse back then of like yeah. assistance. There's a lot more like you're going to work until midnight. You're going to go do this for me. You know, you're going to go do this for my kid. You know, you're going to go. I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot less of that now within like these bigger organizations just because of the cl climate of where we are in 2019. But mm -hmm. Um, you have to put up with a lot of shit. You, you, sorry, excuse my language. You have to oh. eat a lot of crap to, to, you have to deal with a lot when you're young to, to do whatever you want to do, I think, in, you know, down the road, if that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of sense. All right. Uh, another tweet for you. Um, Anna Petrillo asks. And by the way, this is the last tweet because we uh, only have a couple minutes left. Oh. <laughs> She asks, so at Cobalt, I read that you allow artists to manage their rights and royalties directly in an online portal. Do you see that becoming a trend for other publishing comps in the future? Does it dilute, in a way, the role you play as representative of the artist? Not at all. Um, well, okay, so, yes, we allow people to kind of see in real time what's happening with their copyrights. So we have... Um, it's kind of set up like an online bank account. So you can see, you know, registrations, collections, sync activity all that stuff. Whenever we're getting information from the international societies and the domestic societies, we're relaying that information to our clients. We, our deal terms are short. We want to empower people through data. You know, we want people to know what's happening so they can feel empowered. What I do is on the creative side, and I don't feel like empowering people through knowing what's happening with their catalog and money dilutes the creative at all. In fact, I think it makes people a lot happier because I don't have people calling me saying, where's my money? Which I know my colleagues, other companies mm -hmm. deal with angry clients that are often stuck in these archaic like MDRC type publishing deals that can't get through one option. You know, it's, we don't have any of that here. You know, we, our deals aren't structured that way. It's very fair. It's very, it's very, it's very client friendly. Um, and it frees up a lot of space for us on our end to get to actually think about the music and to try how to try to make it better. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. This has been, aside from the uh, expletive, this has been a really good <laughs> show. Yeah, I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm, no, that's, I mean, we lost our license. That's why we have that's, to end it because actually, <laughs> right. oh, we're done. the FCC is outside the door and they're about to shut us I'm down. So, sorry. so they're men right. in these big suits, but they also have large baseball bats. So, um, Marconi, make your knees handy for them. Yes. Yeah, very good. Um, do you have any final words, Jamie? Hey, Jamie, is it Jamie Kanowski or Jamie McLaughlin Kanowski? Is it McLaughlin? Jamie Kanowski. My, McLaughlin's my maiden name. I got married and changed my name. Okay. Um, but it's Jamie Kanowski now. 
And, okay. yeah, my final words is just keep doing it. Like, if this is what you want to do, just do it. Like, don't let anyone tell you no. Don't let anybody tell you you can't, that you shouldn't. Just keep going for it. Keep doing whatever it is you think you want to do in music. If you're an artist, if you're a writer, if you want to work on the industry side, if you're a manager and you're, if you have so much belief in this artist, just hang on to that belief, you know, because mm -hmm. no one's ever going to work harder than you will on, on, no one's ever going to work on your behalf harder than you will for yourself. So yeah, yeah. whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be, just keep trying and doing it. And as you said earlier, figure it out and never say no to your boss, even if the boss is yourself. Never say no to anyone. <laughs> like you are, your job is to be a yes man or lady. You know, All right. that's your job. Awesome. Well, this has been great having a, yeah. a nice lady on the show. And wonderful. I'm glad we found you again. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. And I, my gosh, so nice to talk to you guys. And if anyone's listening, like, you know, keep keep going. Stay in school. All right. Congrats, get your degree. <laughs> and don't do drugs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jamie. Have a great night. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Kiss the Bye. baby for us. It's been a pleasure. Bye. 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 Okay. All right. That was filled was with uh, information from the publishing <laughs> yeah. end. Yes, it was. No, from the publishing words. end, which we don't do very often. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've had Michael Simon on through Rumblefish and so on and so forth, but I don't know if we've had many publishers on. Um, I'd we, have to think. We, we had Melissa DeGeorge, who's a grad, who is, who is also a cobalt. Yeah, she's um, a cobalt head in, yeah. in the uh, East Coast. Uh, last year, Taylor, when we went to Nashville last year, who did you bring aboard? Um, Heather Trestle, but she's from Memory Lane Music Group. Yeah, that was a good, that was actually, uh, I would recommend to people go to that podcast. Right. Heather Trussell, T R U S S E L L, Butch, right? B U T. S-C-H. S-C-H. Um, yeah, and Joanne was on, too. Well, and Joanne Kelsey. Right. No, Shenton. It's, it's, what's, what's her? I'm it's confused. Shenton now. Shenton. Joanne Shenton, right. also from uh, Memory Lane. So right. uh, we've had a few others, but yeah. It was, it was good, and Cobalt's such a leading force in yeah, terms of the technology. Yeah, we had Warner Chapel on, too, too. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. There we go. So, so anyway, that's, that's, that's enough. Yeah, we're not allowed... Because no, I know. So, the bosses. Uh, so, Dr. Esteban Marconi, thank you very much for doing another show oh, with well, us. Well, thank you, and also to my co-host, who needs no further introduction. That's right, so I'm not going to tell you my name. But we should tell you Ashley Veltner's name. Ashley Veltner! Yes. Ashley Veltner. We don't let her speak because of the German accent. Too and thick. next week we have... TBD. Wow. We'll find out next week. How about that? And we have several... Seriously, several interesting guests that are vying for the spot. Yeah, we actually do. So it's not good. that where you have nothing right. going on. And then we have Glenn Barrow, COO of Concord Music coming. Right. Ken, That's a big uh, one. Ken Fermaglitch, uh, from, uh, who's a partner at a, a, I'm sorry, UTA. Mm -hmm. And then uh, David Galea, who's another agent at UTA. So uh -huh. they're coming on up. And we should thank uh, Taylor Turner, T Squirrel Double T, for being yes. here, Taylor Turner. TT. That's it. And uh, I am not your professor, David Kirkfield, but this is also the end of the show. And every, end of every show, we do not say hello. Do you what know what we say, Taylor? What would we Adios. do? Adios. How would you say it, Taylor? Adios. She's gone NPR at the end of every show. NPR, we say, yes, it would be. Adios. So, so Dave.